Welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. And my name is Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Thank you so much for joining me. I do appreciate you being here. And uh, joining me on this extended version of the Howie Silberger Show, we're gonna we're gonna be on for a while, and uh, we're broadcasting live, of course, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on um, on Facebook and Twitter, and on YouTube. That's right, on the three social networks, we are we are broadcasting live. The lines are open. The numbers to call one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. That is the number to call uh, at midnight. I will also be hosting Political Hitman right here on the True Talk Radio Network. So feel free to tune in at midnight for Political Hitman. Uh, but right now, it is the Howie Silberger Show. And, uh, you know, this time of year is kind of a, is, is a weird time of year for Jews, uh, especially Jews in the diaspora. Uh, we have a holiday called Hanukkah where we celebrate Jewish liberation. We celebrate, uh, we celebrate Jews and, Jew- and Judaism, and we celebrate the survival of the Jewish people. And at the same time around us, there are, there are many people who are celebrating uh, the birth of a god that we don't believe in. And, and their holiday seems to be a little more fun. It appears, at least, to be a little more fun than our holiday. At least this is what some people tell me. I don't agree, but some people tell me that they feel that the, the festive activities surrounding the Christian holiday is a little f- more fun than the festive activities surrounding the Jewish holiday. I, I disagree. I disagree, and I think that people are looking at Hanukkah all wrong. You can't compare Hanukkah with the other holiday. You can't compare them. They're, they're totally different holidays. They celebrate completely different things. And comparing them is totally irrelevant. I mean, there's no point in comparing them. Because it's like comparing apples and oranges, bananas and pears. Uh, they're both delicious, yet they're totally different. So the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah has nothing to do with the Christian holiday being celebrated uh, this, this time of year. has absolutely zero to do with that. And I think we have to understand that, um, that, that Jewish assimilation has come to a point, and it's not, it's not new today, it's, it's been at this point for a while already, where we are suddenly jealous of the holidays, and we don't appreciate the holidays we have, we're jealous of the holidays other people have. And, and this, is, this is what bothers me. Uh, I don't go out of my way to wish people a, a, a happy Christian holiday. I, I don't do it. I don't go out of my way to do it. I mean, if I run into a non-Jewish person, I will, I will go about and, and wish them the appropriate holiday greeting for whatever religion they are. Because that's what I do. I, I'm a friendly guy. I'm a nice guy. There's no reason not to wish them a happy holiday. It is their holiday, and uh, I respect the fact that they have holidays I don't have. I accept the fact that my religion is very different from their religion, and that the holidays that I celebrate and the things that I do are extremely different from the things that they do and their religion. And, and, and once you accept that, and once you realize that Judaism is very different from, the, from, the, from Christianity— 
then you could then you could actually move on and be happy with what we have in Judaism. What we have in Judaism, the the holiday of Hanukkah is actually an amazing holiday. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, there's nothing to Hanukkah." I mean, you light a couple of candles, you eat some oily foods, and well, what's the what's the difference? What are we doing this for? But the truth is that Hanukkah is 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 a great holiday, and if you think about the strength, and you think about the and you think about the meaning of the holiday of Hanukkah, you think about why does Hanukkah exist, you will realize how great of a holiday it is, and how we are celebrating not only the liberation of the Jewish people and the rededication of the Jewish temple in Jerusalem thousands of years ago. We are celebrating the liberation of the Jewish people for eternity. Hanukkah celebrates Jewish liberation. It celebrates strength over weakness. It celebrates, it celebrates activism. It celebrates people who get up and are willing to stand up for the religion and are willing to fight till the death to support the religion and to support the nation of the Jewish people. I've had, um, I've had, I've had this argument, I've had, well, argument, I've had this discussion a lot over the years. Is Judaism a religion? Is Judaism a nation? How do you separate the two? Could you be part of the religion, not part of the nation? Could you be part of the nation, not part of the religion? And the answer is no, they're one in hand. One hand washes the other. I've talked about this on the show before. I've written extensively about this. Uh, if you look back at my writings, just Google my name. The writings are all there. I've written extensively about this. I've thought about this extensively. And many people disagree with me, and that's fine. You have the, um, you have the right to disagree with me. And if you want to disagree with me and join me on the show, you could do so by just calling the number one 669 1292 That's one 669 1292 you could join me on the show, and I'll be more than happy to talk to you about this. Because in, in my opinion, if you don't believe in the religion, even though biologically you are a descendant of Jews, I have a hard time accepting you as part of the Jewish nation. The Jewish nation was formed, uh, was formed to, 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 be part of the, uh, for, to be part of the religion, the religious aspect of it. The Jewish nation is there to serve God. And if you choose to not serve God, or you choose to, to, to say God doesn't exist, like uh, somebody told me they're a Jewish atheist, that's totally, that's, a, that's a, a total oxymoron. You can't be a Jewish atheist. Jewish atheism does not exist, cannot exist. The definition of Judaism uh, precludes you from being an atheist. So if you're telling me you're a Jewish atheist, that you don't believe in God, then you've excluded yourself from, Jewish, from Judaism altogether. So, you may have been born to Jewish parents, and that's another argument people make to me. Oh, I was born to a Jewish mother, therefore I'm Jewish. The lineage for Judaism goes down from the mother. Yes, okay, fine. You may have been born Jewish, but you've rejected your Judaism. Now, I'm not saying that you're gone forever. If you decide that, uh, that you want to you believe in God, you want to follow God, then, then you'll be more than welcome to rejoin the Jewish people. But negating God... And, and saying that God doesn't exist, that I'm, a, I'm an atheist and God doesn't exist, by saying that, you are excluding yourself from the Jewish people and from, from Judaism altogether. That's what you're doing. There, there's no other way to put this. You can't be Jewish and not believe in God. 
Judaism was the first monotheistic religion, the first religion that believed in one God. By saying, I do not believe in God, you are essentially saying, I do not believe in Judaism. Because if you don't believe in one God, and you don't believe that that God created the world and everything that is around it, then you've eliminated yourself from Judaism. Now, I have a friend who, uh, who, who gets really upset when I talk like this. He, he goes crazy. And he calls himself a progressive, and, uh, and he goes nuts when I talk like this. And he is always saying to me, Howie, you're excluding 90% of Jews when you say that you have to believe in God to be Jewish. And I, I, I'm always dumbfounded by the argument. I'm, I'm always confused by the argument. And by the way, if you disagree with me, you can call in. one 669 1292 That's the number to call, one 669 1292 But I'm always confused by the argument. I'm always, I'm always a little baffled when someone tells me I could be a Jewish atheist. I'm baffled by that. Judaism is a monotheistic religion. The Jewish people were created by God to serve God. They were given the Torah, the Jewish way of life, to, to serve God. By saying, I, I'm, I don't believe in God, then, then the whole point of Judaism, the whole essence of Judaism has disappeared. Then there's really no point in calling yourself a Jew. Other people tell me, I'm a traditional Jew, whatever that means. I'm a cultural Jew. I like that one. Cultural Judaism. What is cultural Judaism? I follow Jewish tradition, but I don't believe in the religion. Then why do you follow the tradition? Because it's traditional. But what's traditional? Well, the religion. Well, if you don't follow the religion, then what do you find traditional? It's, it's, it's such a ridiculous argument and such a circular ridiculous argument that I, that I just I don't know where to go with it. So sometimes I talk to people who tell me, I'm a cultural Jew, and I, I, I get into this, 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 kind of, uh, this, this kind of weird debate with them. Well, not even debate, a weird discussion with them, trying to understand what they mean when they say, I'm a cultural Jew. Well, what does that mean? Well, I follow Jewish culture. Well, then why don't you follow Jewish religion? Because I don't believe in God. Well, if you don't believe in God, you can't be Jewish. But I'm a cultural Jew. Well, what does that mean? Do you keep kosher? No. Well, that's cultural, isn't it? Do you, uh, do you keep Shabbat? No. Well, that's cultural, isn't it? Uh, what do you do that's cultural? I eat latkes on Hanukkah. Mm, I see. What else do you do that's cultural? I um, I, uh, I go, I go to, I, I, I don't even know. I, I wouldn't even know what to say. If somebody said to me, if I, if I told somebody I'm a cultural Jew, I wouldn't even know how to describe my former Judaism. I, I wouldn't know how to describe it at all. And the thing that really amazes me, though. Out of, out of all this, is that Judaism is the only religion pretty much in the world that has people who are trying to divide it so many times and trying to find ways out of following the religion. Uh, you know, when you speak to Roman Catholics, either you're a Roman Catholic or you're not a Roman Catholic. Either you're a practicing Catholic or you're not a practicing Catholic. When you speak to Muslims, either you're a Muslim or you're not a Muslim. Uh, I, I don't practice Islam is not acceptable in the, in the Muslim religion. It's not acceptable in the Muslim world. So either you're a Muslim or you're not a Muslim. But, but there's no in-between. And Judaism tries to create this in-between. Jews are trying to create this, this, this kind of, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Jewish, but, uh, but, but I don't believe in God. I'm Jewish, but I don't believe in the Tyra. I'm Jewish, but I don't follow. I don't, I don't believe. I don't understand. I don't care. I mean, this is, this is, this is it's absurd. 
It's absurd. So let me be extremely clear so that I, I am clear on my position. Now, you could disagree with me. You could call me if you want to argue with me. one 669 1292 That's the number to call. If you, if you disagree with what, anything I'm saying, you feel free to call in. Uh, by the way, this is the Howie Silberger Show. We're going to be on for a while, so um, you know, so you could tune in. You could uh, stay tuned in if you want. Uh, but my, my, my opinion on this subject is quite simple. Uh, Judaism demands that we follow a certain lifestyle, and part of that lifestyle is believing in God, believing that God created the world, believing in the Torah, and following the lifestyle that God laid out for us. This is what Judaism is. Now, people who choose not to do this have removed themselves from Judaism. It's simple. They've removed themselves from Judaism and the Jewish people. Yes, you could have been born Jewish. Yes, your parents were Jewish. Yes, you could identify as part of the Jewish nation. Yes, that's, uh, that's fine. But you're not a Jew. You can't be a Jew and not believe in God. It's impossible. So that's my opinion on the topic. Now, you could disagree with me all you want, and you could call in, you could message me, you could call me a fascist. I've been called that before. When I've made this point before, it's not the first show I'm doing this. So when I've made this point before, I've been called a fascist, I've been called all sorts of stuff. And that's fine, you can call me whatever you want. Uh, I'm entitled to my opinion, you're entitled to yours, and this is why I have open lines. So you could call in and we could talk about it. We could discuss it. Maybe I'm wrong. It's possible. I've been known to be wrong before. And if I am wrong, maybe there's a way you could, you could fix me. You could correct me. You can't fix me, but you could correct me. Maybe you can wait, find a way to talk to me. Now, you know, this friend of mine who's always arguing that when I make this argument, I am actually alienating 90% of the Jews in the world. I don't think 90% of the Jews in the world don't believe in God. That's first of all. And second of all, um, and second of all I'm not alienating them. They're alienating themselves. By removing themselves from Judaism, by removing themselves from the religion, by saying, I don't believe in God, they are alienating themselves. I have nothing to do with the, uh, with the alienation. They are removing themselves from the standard norm practice of Judaism. And by removing yourself from that practice, you, you've removed yourself from the religion. Uh, to me, it's simple. Now, Another friend of mine always yells at me and says, Howie, when you say things like this, when, when, you, when you go on and talk about things like this, you know what happens? I said, what happens? You discourage Jews from coming back to Judaism because you become a fascist. and You discourage Jews from coming back to Judaism. If my opinion that a Jew who does not believe in God, a Jew who claims he doesn't believe in God, has removed himself from Judaism, is stopping the Jew that doesn't believe in God from returning to Judaism. Well, that Jew doesn't really want to return to Judaism, does he? Listen, the truth is that if you are, if you are interested in something, then you will make every effort that you can in order to accomplish that thing that you that you that you that you uh, that you uh, want to do. Uh, it, it, People who tell me I'm too busy for this and too busy for that. I mean, I'm a busy guy. I'm a really busy guy. Ask any of my friends. I haven't seen my friends in a long time because I'm a pretty busy guy. Now, do I use my busyness as an excuse not to see my friends? I guess sometimes I must. But in general, in general, I'm busy. Uh, 
when you want to see your friends or you want to do something, isn't it amazing that we can always find the time to do it when we want to do it? For example, um, you're a busy guy, you're, you're working, you're working, 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 you're always busy, and then somebody dies. And you always have time to go to that funeral. Why is it that we always have time to go to a dead person's party, but we never have time to go to a rich person, a living person's party? Not a rich person, a living person. Why is it that we are like that? It's a good question. If you ask me, it's, it's an excellent question. And I don't have an answer for you. I honestly don't. It's human nature, I guess. My name is Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. You can support us on Patreon by going to www.patreon.com slash Howie's. And uh, you, could, uh, you could become a member and you could, uh, you could help support the show. Uh, you, could, uh, you could contact me by liking us. Uh, you could follow the show by liking us on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search for the Howie Silberger Show and click on like. We'd love for you to like us. You can also contact me on Twitter. You can contact me uh, right here, right here on the show. The show is live, so you could call in. 1-877-669-1292 is the number to call. 1-877-669-1292. You know what? I think I want to take a break. Uh, when I come back, we will continue right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Uh, I'm Howie Silberger, and uh, I, I invite you to uh, to join me. Uh, we're going to be on for a while. We're 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 not we're not going off the air for a while. So um, I invite you to join me. I invite you to be part of the uh, of the show, and I invite you to call in one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. At midnight, by the way, I am um, I'm hosting Political Hitman right here on the True Talk Radio Network. So you could join me uh, for Political Hitman at midnight. But we're going to be on here for a while, so, um, so that's, uh, that's what we're going to do. So I'm Howie Silberger. This is the True Talk Radio Network.
as it comes together. If we just take the time to pray, yeah, just Strength that I lack in the eight of 
And I'm Howie Silberger, your host here on the Howie Silberger Show. Thank you so much for joining me. I do appreciate you being here. Uh, those of you watching on Facebook... Those of you watching on Twitter, on, Paris, on Periscope, or on, uh, on, um, on the True Talk Radio website, or on YouTube, welcome to the program. Uh, this is an extended version of the Howie Silberger Show. We're going to be on for a while. Uh, feel free to call in. Number to call, one 669 1292 That's one 669 1292 That's number to call. Be in on the conversation. Join me. Talk to me. Um, because uh, it's going to be a long evening. Uh, after I finish this show, so we should be finished this show maybe around 11 o'clock, uh, maybe a couple of minutes before 11, somewhere in that area. Uh, at midnight, I'll be on again with Political Hitman. So uh, feel free to join me on the air. Give me a call, one 669 1292 About 30 years ago, maybe, maybe, a, maybe a little less than 30, maybe 27 years ago, I, I was a student activist. I, um, I was very active on campus. I was a very active student. 
And I was fighting Arabs on campus who wanted to de de denigrate Israel, who wanted to put Israel down, who wanted to make sure that the university students who supported Israel uh, didn't support Israel. Now, I have to be honest, uh, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. I do a show on Israeli radio called Political Hitman. It'll be on at midnight tonight. But the truth is that over the years, I have not really been a starch Zionist, uh, per se. Uh, If I was a starch Zionist, I would have moved to Israel a long time ago. But I, I live in the diaspora. I live in North America, which means that I did not move to Israel. So by not moving to Israel... I kind of proved that I'm not a Zionist. I think the only real Zionist, the only true Zionist out there, are people who live in Israel. If you don't live in Israel, you've precluded yourself from being a Zionist. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with supporting the concept of Zionism. Uh, I think that um, that Herzl understood a intrinsic value that is not understood by many Jews today. Uh, Herzl was a very secular Jew, and I think he understood that Jews need to be able to rule themselves. I think he understood the concept that without a government that is sympathetic to the Jewish nation, forget about the Jewish religion, to the Jewish nation, the idea of persecution, the idea of Jews being killed uh, because they were Jews without a Jewish government, the idea that Jews being killed because they're Jews is a lot more realistic. The the concept is a lot more realistic when a Jewish government doesn't exist. I mean, Herzl lived in Europe in the 1800s, late 1800s, early 1900s. In his time, he was a journalist, and what he did was he covered the trial of Alfred Dreyfus. Now, Alfred Dreyfus was a corporal in the, in the French army who was a decorated man. I mean, he was a decorated army person. And he was put up on a show trial because he was Jewish. The French army didn't like the fact he was Jewish, and it was the most anti-Jewish uh, event to happen in France uh, in that time period. And Herzl, Theodore Herzl, happened to be the journalist that was covering that event. And when he saw what was happening, he realized that no matter how ingrained in society that Jews get, no matter how accepted by their neighbors and accepted by everybody, Jews feel they are. There's always that segment that's going to come and try to destroy the Jews. And it happens in every generation. It's happened throughout, throughout history, throughout Jewish history. And there's always that segment of the population that's going to want to kill the Jew. Uh, we see it, we, we, see, we saw it uh, last century with the Holocaust. We saw the Ceausescu mur- massacres. We saw the Crusades. We saw the Jihads. We saw the attacks on the Israelis. We hear Iran saying that they are going to annihilate Israel and everybody who lives there. And one has to wonder that one has to wonder how, after so many centuries, Jews are still the target, the prime target of, Jew ha- of haters. We are still the most hated people in the world. How does that happen? 
That is a question that, uh, that a lot of people ask. I have a theory, and my theory, uh, my theory comes from many years of thinking about this. So uh, I have a theory, and I'm going to share it with you. I've shared it with you on the show before. I've shared it on this show. I've shared it on Political Hitman. I've shared it on many of my shows. And my theory is that everybody knows that the Jews have the truth, that the Jewish Bible is the truth. And because they know that the Jewish Bible is the truth, there is a level of jealousy in the world over Jews and their relationship with God. Now, where did I come up with this? How could I possibly say this? How could I back this up? Because many people say, Howie, you say all sorts of things. How do you back it up? So I'll back it up. Think about this. Uh, Think about the scenario for a second. And this is the scenario that comes to my mind all the time. Every time I talk about Jew hatred, every time I talk about people hating Jews, this is what comes to my mind. God gave the Bible to the Jewish people and said to the Jewish people, you are the safekeepers of the Bible. It is your job to spread the light to all the nations of the world. It is your job to ensure that you live according to the uh, rules and the lifestyle I specify in this book that I'm giving you. And it is your job to ensure that the world doesn't descend into chaos. This is essentially the responsibility given by God to the Jewish people. And the Jewish people took the responsibility and said, listen, we'll do it, then we'll listen to what you have to say. First we say yes, then we will continue. And the Jewish people did that. And they accepted the Torah from the God, from God. They accepted the Bible. All right, so now the Jews have the Bible. And a few hundred years go by, a few thousand years go by, and, um, and, and suddenly you know, Jews see the liberation of Europe, the, the Enlightenment era. Where, where people were living freely, people were rejecting religion, people were doing whatever they wanted. You know, freedom reigned. There were no rules. Uh, everybody was a free, spiritual person uh, who, could, who could feel free to do everything. Instead of worshipping a god, Europeans were worshipping themselves. And the Jews got jealous. They said, hey, wait a second. They forgot about the Tenth Commandment. And they got jealous. And the Jews said, wait a second. If the non-Jews could live like that, they could live freely and they could, uh, and they could live in an enlightened era, why can't we? And so, in, in, just, in just a couple of years, the idea of Christianity came about. And Christianity came about uh, because there was, a dis, there was a disinterest in following the rules of Judaism. There was, a, uh, there was an interest in, in being enlightened and in, in, in in being a, uh, in being, in being more secular, in being more accepted into society, and so Christianity was essentially a break off of Judaism, which uh, which which loosened the rules. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we we will we'll loosen the rules. We'll we'll move it around a little bit, and we'll we'll make it work for everybody. And the Christians eventually decided to break off from Judaism, formed their own religion. Uh, Judaism really didn't accept Christianity as a sect of Judaism. So they had to break off and form their own thing. And that's where the Christian Bible comes in. So the Christian Bible is written and, and suddenly it's being distributed. And the Christians run into a problem. Their main target audience 
is the same target audience being targeted by the Jewish Bible. So they called their Bible the New Testament. They called the Jewish Bible the Old Testament. The new was supposed to replace the old, but they had a problem. There were still people who believed in the Old Testament. So how are we going to sell? This is a marketing problem they had. How is it possible to sell the New Testament? How is it possible to sell the New Bible when there are still people believing in the old one? Still people advocating the belief of the old one. Christians had an answer for that. And that answer persecuted Jews for the next three, four centuries. Convert or die. I don't care what you believed in before. Now you must believe in the Christian Bible. If you choose not to believe in the Christian Bible, we will kill you. This was the solution. And so you had the Crusades, you had the Inquisitions, you had the Ceausescu murders, you had all sorts of Christians killing Jews. And they were killing Jews because Jews didn't believe in Christianity. Jews didn't believe in the New Testament, and I'll put new in quotation marks, the New Testament. And so the Christians were upset, and they killed Jews. Now, that went on for centuries. And even till today, there are segments of Christianity that still believe that they must save Jews by converting them to Christianity, that Jews still must accept Jesus as the Messiah, and not accepting Jesus as the Messiah condemns them to eternal hell. There's an entire book of the Christian Bible, the book of Revelations, which talks about um, the ingathering of all Jews to their homeland. This is why evangelical Christians support the Jewish return to Israel. Because the book of Revelations, which is essentially the book of Armageddon, the book that uh, talks about the end of the world, uh, the book of Revelation says that if all Jews return to Israel, so if, Jew, if the Jews in the exile return to Israel, Israel, uh, Jesus will come back for a second time. And when Jesus comes back, the Jews that have returned to Israel will have a choice. Either convert to Christianity or be condemned to eternal hell. This is their choice. So this is why evangelical Christians support the state of Israel. This is why evangelical Christians are militant about their support of the state of Israel. Essentially because they believe that if the Jews come back to Israel and all the Jews live in Israel in peace, then the second coming of Jesus will happen. It's, it's fascinating. So you have thousands and thousands of evangelical Christian uh, groups which actively support the state of Israel, which actively support the, uh, and encourage Jews to move to Israel. And their sole purpose is to watch these Jews that they've moved to Israel be condemned to eternal hell. Fascinating. Uh, fascinating, not surprising, but fascinating. So, um, when we, uh, so when we, when we watch people attacking the Jews, we have to watch it with, uh, with, with, we have to be mindful of why they're doing this. We have to be thoughtful. And when we counter them, when we fight them, we have to fight them with some kind of, some kind of a game plan that takes their point of view into, into account. 
You know, we always, we're always reactionary, but instead of being reactionary, maybe we should be proactive. Instead of, instead of fighting them, maybe we should be teaching them. Maybe we should be teaching them that, that Judaism is not a threat to Christianity. Frankly, we don't care if they believe in another god. Judaism is not a threat to any religion. Judaism doesn't care what you believe in, what any other religion believes in. Judaism really cares what we believe in. We care about us. We don't care about you. We care about you as people, don't get me wrong. But we, we don't discriminate against you because of what you believe in. We couldn't care less what you believed in. I know it sounds cool to say it that way. And most Jews wouldn't say that. Oh my God, Howie, how could you say that? Most Jews wouldn't say it. But I have no problem saying it. I have no problem saying it because it's true. And uh, we, must, we must learn from everything that we do. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show. We are live. You could call in 1-877-669-1292. That's 1-877-669-1292. We'll take a little break. When we come back, the Howie Silberger Show continues right here, right here, right now on the True Talk Radio Network. We'll be back in a minute. Five hundred years ago, one of our great rabbis wrote a book describing a One of the things he wrote five hundred years ago is that just before the coming of the Messiah, the leader of Egypt will make peace with Israel. When the Messiah comes, on that day the Lord will be one. When the Messiah comes, on that day the Lord will be one. And His name will be one. And His name will be one. And His name will be one when the Messiah comes. I look into the sky and see infinity. Every blade of grass has divinity. It's coming alive from the Bible. It's coming alive from the Bible. When the Messiah comes, we will beat our swords into plowshares. When the Messiah comes, we will beat our swords into plowshares. And we will study war no more. We will study war no more. We will study war no more when the Messiah comes. Look into the sky and see infinity Every blade of grass has divinity It's coming alive from the Bible It's coming alive from the Bible whoa, 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 whoa. When the Messiah comes
Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Talk to Howie. Call 1 And welcome back to the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. My name is Howie Silberger. Number to call, one 669 1292 That's 1-877-669-1292. We're going to be on for a while. Uh, there's no set time for the show. We're going to just keep broadcasting uh, for a while. You can feel free to call in. Number to call, one 669 1292 That's one 669 1292 The uh, Howie Silberger Show will air until we stop airing today. And then, at midnight... We will uh, join up with Israel News Talk Radio to bring you Political Hitman uh, between midnight and 1 o'clock a.m. That will happen at midnight right here on the True Talk Radio Network. So uh, if you stick with me, uh, you can be with me all night and win to the wee hours of the morning. That's right. Uh, Doing radio all night into the wee hours of the morning. I'm Howie Silberger. Number to call, 1-877-669-1292, Happy Hanukkah. Uh, it is the third night of Hanukkah, and I am happy to be here. Uh, it is a festive time of year. Hanukkah is always a happy time. And uh, I'm so happy to be sharing my Hanukkah with you, my evening with you, and my Hanukkah with you. I am, I'm very happy to be here on the True Talk Radio Network. Uh, we are live streaming, by the way. Uh, we, are, we are streaming on the True Talk Radio app. So if you look up your apps, if you go into your app store, and you look at the True Talk Radio Network you will find the True Talk Radio Network app where you could hear all the programming we have on truetalkradio.com. There's much more than the Howie Silberger Show. We have a lot of stuff happening on truetalkradio.com. So uh, check out the True Talk Radio app. If you can't find it in your app store, and I'd be very surprised if you can't, but if you can't find it in your app store, go to truetalkradio.com and click on a link there. It'll take you to the app store. See, I made it so easy for you so easy for you to be listening to the station. So easy for you to be catching everything we do on the station. Uh, 
we we live stream, by the way, on Facebook, on the Howie Silberger Show page on Facebook, on the Howie Silberger page on Facebook. We live stream on YouTube. We live stream on Periscope. And, you know, I, I've, I, I, I look at the numbers of people who are listening on the different uh, mediums. Uh, they, they pop up on the screen in front of me. And if you type in a message, it comes up on the screen in front of me. So I see all the, uh, all the different mediums, and I see all the numbers of all the people listening everywhere. And uh, I've hardly ever seen anybody listening on Periscope, which is kind of funny because uh, I've been making fun of uh, Twitter forever. I never understood the uh, concept of Twitter. I never understood why Twitter exists and why people use Twitter. And I've been making fun of Twitter, I think, uh, since Twitter started. I mean, the show's been around a lot longer than Twitter has. Uh, when Twitter started, uh, I didn't get an account. I, I decided I didn't want an account on Twitter because I didn't understand why I would want to say anything in 150 characters. I know they've upped the character number now, but um, at the time, I couldn't understand why anybody would want to compress what they had to say into so few characters. Not so few words, so few letters and spaces. And so I decided I wasn't going to be part of the Twitterverse. Um, I don't know if that was a good idea or a bad idea. Uh, about two years into Twitter's existence, my, um, my brother's brother-in-law was visiting. And he said to me, hey, what's your Twitter account? I mean, you're a media guy. You, you, have, uh, you have a radio station. You, you, you do radio shows. What's your Twitter account? And I said, I don't have one. And he looked at me as if I came from Mars. And he said, what do you mean you don't have a Twitter account? Everybody has a Twitter account. And I said, I don't have a Twitter account. What do you want from me? And he says to me, I think you should have one. And so he set up my Twitter account for me, Howie Silberger. So um, he set up the Twitter account, and I, um, I had it there. And basically what I did was I set Facebook up so that anything I posted on Facebook would be posted on Twitter. And that way I didn't have to worry about posting on Twitter all the time. Anything that I posted on Facebook got automatically tweeted onto Twitter. And so that was, uh, that was set up for a long time. And every show, um, Mark Pezzolato in Toronto does my liners for me. And uh, every time he did liners for me, I would send him all the information that I had for my liners. You know, call, the number changed a few times over the years, so call this number, call that number. And, um, and I would send him all the information that he would need in order to record my liners so that I would have liners for the show. And every time I sent him the information, I never included on Twitter, and he always included on Twitter. And so all the liners that I had for years and years and years said, you know, call Howie, here's the number, and you can reach Howie by email, you can reach Howie uh, on Facebook, and on Twitter, Howie Silberger. And uh, I left it in there for years, and I never bothered with it, and nobody ever tweeted me. I never got a tweet. And I was like, wow, interesting. So now it's a social, that was a social life experiment. It was like, how long can we go on the show where nobody sent me a direct tweet? How long can we keep saying we have a Twitter account and nobody bothers to use it? And, and the Howie Silberger Show had thousands and thousands of listeners. Uh, it still has thousands and thousands of listeners. And so um, we, we, it was an ongoing joke. Until Ryan Morrow, uh, counterterrorism expert and movie maker Ryan Morrow, came onto the show, and I, I had told a similar, I, I told the story in a similar way while he was on the show, saying, "Huh, look, he just mentioned my Twitter account, and I've never gotten a tweet, 
and Ryan Morrow sent me my first direct tweet, and then he tweeted directly at me. It was the first time anyone's ever done that on the show, and he did it just so he could be the first. So um, that was uh, that was funny. That was just about a year ago. I mean, maybe maybe a little less than a year ago. So it's funny that um, that's the only direct tweet I've ever gotten on Twitter. But yeah, that's what it is, right? We we could only do what we can do. Uh, I personally don't care much about Twitter. I don't understand the technology. I mean, I understand how to use the technology. Don't get me wrong. I understand how to use the technology. Because a lot of people are going to be looking at me going, Oh, Howie, are you that old that you can't figure out how to type in 250 characters? No, no. I know how to type in 250 characters. And I have no problem doing that. I just don't understand the technology. I don't understand why anybody would want to do that. That's, uh, that's really what it comes down to. one 669 1292 is the number to call. one 669 one, two, nine, two. The last show I did, I asked a question. Who do you think is a Maccabee today? That was the question I asked the last show I did. It'll be the question I'm going to ask Israel on Israel News Talk Radio tonight. It'll be the same question. The question is, who do you think, who do you consider a Maccabee today? And the, uh, the question, it's the same question I've asked uh, on the show for over 20 years on Hanukkah. When I do Hanukkah shows, it's the question I ask for over 20 years. Who do you consider a, a Maccabee today? And why do you consider them a Maccabee? What would make a Maccabee today? Now, we know a Maccabee back in the days of Hanukkah were, were, were a family that stood up and fought. They, had, they physically fought to free the Jews from the tyranny of the, of the rulers of the time that were, that were terrorizing the Jews. They liberated the base of Mikdash. They liberated the temple on the Temple Mount. Yes, that same Temple Mount that people today are saying doesn't belong to the Jews. Which, which made me laugh, by the way. I'm you know, just going on a sidebar here. Uh, it made me laugh when I saw Rashida Tlaib, the, uh, the, the congresswoman who claims to be a Palestinian. I don't know how that's possible. But she claims to be a Palestinian since the Palestinians were created in 1964. Uh, she claims to be part of the people created in 1964. And she put out a Hanukkah message, wishing the Jewish people a happy Hanukkah. And when I saw that Hanukkah message, and I saw, I saw that video, that, that video of, of Rashida Tlaib, and a Hanukkah message from Rashida Tlaib, I, I laughed. And I laughed, and I laughed, and I laughed. Here is a woman wishing the Jewish people... Uh, sending a congratulatory le- message to the Jewish people on the holiday that celebrates the Jewish liberation of the Temple Mount, an area of Israel that she considers occupied by the Jewish people. By her sending a Hanukkah message, she is essentially recognizing the fact that the Jewish people own the land. That her argument is full of bunk. She's recognizing that. By saying happy Hanukkah, Hanukkah, the celebration of Jewish liberation of Jerusalem and the Temple Mount, the Temple on the Temple Mount, by saying happy Hanukkah to the Jewish people, Rashida Tlaib is recognizing Jewish sovereignty over that land. It's fascinating. It's mind-blowing when you think about it. 
And I think that she should be called out for that. I know, I know some people on Facebook have called her out and some people on Twitter have called her out. But I think she should be called out on that publicly. And she said, you, should, you know, people should ask her, hey, listen, Rashida, Congresswoman, I understand that you wish the Jewish people a happy Hanukkah. And by wishing the Jewish people a happy Hanukkah, uh, I understand that you're recognizing the Jewish liberation of the Temple Mount. So will you support the Jews reclaiming the Temple Mount today? I mean, the Jews had control over it in 1967 and then ceded their control to the Jordanians, the Waqf. Would you, would you support the Jews reclaiming the land there? And see what she answers. And if she answers, she can answer the negative, of course. She can say no. Because, I mean, why would she say yes? So once she says no, then the question should be, well, Rashida, then why did you wish the Jewish people a happy Liberation Day? That's, uh, that's the second question that should be asked. And I don't know what she would answer to that, but uh, I think it would be a funny conversation, to say the least. one 669 1292 is the number to call. one 669 1292 I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. We'll be right back.
Lenny, I can't tell a story in 90 seconds. Okay, 85. I'm, do, I'm doing it. We're rolling. History. Little kid, seven years old, wants to buy himself a present for his bar mitzvah. Mom and dad don't have a lot of money, gets a little piggy bank, starts saving up his money. Nickels, dimes, quarters. Bar mitzvah, 13 years old, goes to the neighborhood store and says, I want to buy myself a present, Mr. Storekeeper. He says, kid, what do you want? I want, I want that big red kite behind you. That's what I want to buy. You have enough money, kid? Sure, I have enough money, no problem. Takes out his piggy bank, puts it on the counter, empties it out. Nickels, dimes, quarters, has exactly the right amount of money to buy his kite for his bar mitzvah. Little money left over, buys some string, goes to a neighborhood park, ties the kite onto the string and begins to fly it. Happiest kid in the world. And he lets out a little more string and a little more string and the kite goes higher and the wind lifts it up. And he starts running outside of the park in front of the 100 bus in Van Cortland Park, Riverdale, New York, part of the Bronx, and more and more kite and more and more string until you can't even see the kite anymore. It looks like a little kid just running with string. And a wise old man who thought it was really wise stops the kid and says, Kid, what are you doing here, running around with string in your hand? He says, Oh man, I'm not running with string, I'm flying a kite. Kid, how do you know there's a kite there? You can't see it, no one can see it. Old man said that little Jewish kid, I know there's a kite, because I can feel the tug. And that's what it's all about. That tug, that tug that each one of us feels that says, I'm proud to be a Jew. I know what it means to be a Jew. And if I don't, it's worth my time to find out. Jews are a family. Any time of the day, any time of the night, there's another Jew who feels the same tug. And that's what makes us special. Recognize the miracles. Recognize the miracles. Recognize the miracles. It comes from above. Recognize the miracles. Recognize the miracles. Recognize the miracles. It comes from above. Come on, come on. Can you feel the beat now? The heavens are open, knowledge is abound Can you see what's going on? Can you feel what's coming down? Step into the street, open your eyes Understand the wonders of the world today It's an amazing time, I mean amazing time If you don't believe me, just listen to the rhyme Doors are being open all around us today Stuff that was tough seems like child's play History, biology, movement, and technology Laser fast discovery, adding to society We take it for granted, we think it is ours But from God above comes our power From Guadalajara, from the net I got info on the Marshaw. 65 emails all on the Parsha. Then I went shopping at my neighborhood store. Kosher sauce, I bought more and more. Quick and convenient, everything was done. Being Jewish was easy and fun. You know, it was like 50 years ago. Hard to keep kosher and Shabbat, you know. We have to be aware, we have to give praise. The one who makes the miracles every single day. Recognize the miracles. Recognize the miracles. Recognize the miracles, it comes from above. Recognize miracles. Recognize the miracles. Recognize the miracles, it comes from above. Recognize the miracles. Recognize the miracles. Recognize the miracles, it comes from above. Recognize the miracles. Recognize the miracles. 
be aware, don't deny it, it's absurd. The influx of wisdom is not by chance, cause nothing, my friends, is happenstance. The world has become one small hood. Take out the bad and make it all good. If we believe it, breathe it, you know we will receive it. We really can't achieve it if we just try. When we create, we imitate our maker above. Celebrate the times, let's feel the love. God is in our lives every single day, and soon the world will stand and say, Recognize me. And I'm Howie Silberger on this extended version of the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Number to call, 1-877-669-1292, 1-877-669-1292. Recognize the Miracles. That was an interesting song. Uh, I, I generally don't choose the songs for the show. I, I, have, a, um, I have an automated system, and uh, I tell them what kind of music I want, and it goes into my data bank of 10,000, 15,000 songs, and yanks out the songs that, uh, that fit into the theme, into the general theme of the uh, category I want. And um, it's interesting that it came up with that song, One Miracle. Um, believe in the miracles. Recognize the miracles. Because do we really recognize miracles? Uh, we, we talk about miracles that happened in the past. And this is something we do a lot of. We, we, we talk about miracles and talk about stuff that's happened. But do we recognize today's miracles? Do we recognize how much of a miracle it is? That each one of us wakes up in the morning, and, and if we're healthy, God willing, we're all healthy, but if we are healthy, the kind of miracle it is that we wake up in the morning healthy, that we could breathe, that we could walk, that we could talk, that we could think, that we live in a country that's not at war, that we live in a country that's not committing genocide against us. Do we ever consider these miracles? We take them for granted. And we take them for granted because we're comfortable in the situation we're in. 
And so being comfortable in the situation we're in, that means that uh, we, you know, that we don't think about it. We don't think about how lucky we are to be in the situation we're in. And those of us that do think about how lucky we are appreciate life a lot more than those of us who just take it for granted and just walk around saying, well, you know, that's what it is. Unfortunately, people living in that country don't have it as easy as we do. Unfortunately, people living in that country aren't as lucky as we are. It's not luck. It's miraculous. I like to tell my students, and uh, I tell my students this a lot. When they, when they get on my nerves, generally, I say, you know, sometimes they get on my nerves, and then, especially grade 7 and 8, they'll come up to me afterwards and they'll say, hey, I know you hate us, but... And I always look at them and I say, I don't hate you. And they say, but we drive you crazy. Why wouldn't you hate us? I said, why would I hate you? I said, I can't hate you. I, I think it's miraculous that we are together. I think it's miraculous that I get to speak to you and you get to respond to me. That I get the opportunity to teach you. I, I find that a miracle. So hatred doesn't fit into this. I mean, you can misbehave in class. That's fine. I mean, it's not fine, but that's what happens. And no matter what you do, I'm never going to hate you because I appreciate the situation that I'm in and I appreciate and I recognize the miracle of the situation we're in. And so if God gave me this opportunity, if a miraculous event happened that gave me the opportunity to be here today to be talking to you here on the radio, or on Facebook and Twitter and everything else. Or gave me the opportunity to be talking to... Gave me the opportunity to be talking to uh, my students. If God gave me that opportunity, then who am I to argue? Who am I to, who am I to say, no, no, um, this, is, uh, this, is, this is fine. I mean, uh, you know, I hate you. Who am I to say I hate you? I would never do that. So, um, this is what it is. I recognize the miracle. And that's what we all have to do. We have to recognize the miracle. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. It's the end of the hour. We have to take a break. When we come back, the show continues right here on truetalkradio.com. The only place to be. Get it right, believe 
and you'll always get by So don't you cry, you'll find the answer there So don't be shy, give it a try Stand up and say your prayer There will be no more lonely people Never again We'll do the best
Some people call it Skullcap. Some people call it Beanie. Some people call it Yamaka. Keep on Hebrew, sweetie. Some people have them knitted. Some people have them slayed. Some people have the standard white they get when in first grade. Some people have the name on it in English or in Hebrew. Some people have designs like X's, all zeros. Some people wear the hats of the Yankees. All the Mets. Some people wear the helmets of the Giants. All the Jets. Yeah, 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 Yamaka. Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. And I'm Howie Silberger, your host here on the Howie Silberger Show. Welcome to the program. Number to call once again, 1-877-669-1292, 1-877-669-1292. If you are listening on or watching on uh, Facebook or on YouTube or on Periscope, you could just type a message into the message box and it'll pop up my screen here. I'll be able to see your messages, but I prefer if you called me because it'd be nice to talk to people. Uh, this is an extended version of the Howie Silberger Show. We are on uh, for a few hours. And uh, we are going to be on for a few hours simply because uh, we can. It is, um, it is a holiday. It is a holiday today. That's right. It is the third day of Hanukkah. It is a holiday. It's a holiday Tuesday. And uh, I figured on a holiday Tuesday we could spend some time together and talk. Uh, talk about different things that are happening. Talk about, uh, talk about life. Be together. Me and you. 
on this holiday Tuesday, this holiday Hanukkah. I um, I, I want to tell you that at midnight, just a few hours, I'll be on again with Political Hitman on Israel News Talk Radio. We'll do the live stream again. It'll look a little different than the uh, it'll look a little different than the screen that you're seeing right now, but we'll uh, we'll do the screen well a little different. I will look the same. The background here will look the same. All this stuff over here, that's going to look a little different. That's it. But, but me and the background, it's, that's, that's going to be the same. So it's going to look a little different, but uh, we're going to do a political hitman at, uh, at midnight tonight, right here on the True Talk Radio Network and on Israel News Talk Radio. So uh, hopefully, if you're up, you can tune in for that. I, I would appreciate that, too. Uh, meanwhile, you could call in. Happy Hanukkah. You could call in 1-877-669-1292. 1-877-669-1292. So like I said before, I, I don't choose the music that plays on the show. It comes up randomly from, uh, from an archive, from, uh, from a, a, a repository of music that I have. Uh, it's, it's programmed to come up randomly. And so um, because I don't choose it, uh, sometimes the music is a little bizarre. Sometimes the music is, 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 is slightly weird. Uh, this last song that, that just aired, uh, Yo 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 Yarmulke, uh, is a good song. I, I like it because I like the message it gives us. That uh, we shouldn't be afraid to wear our yarmulkes anywhere. We shouldn't be afraid to wear our Jewish symbols uh, in public. I know the Quebec government, those of you living in Quebec, the Quebec government has decided that religious symbols are a bad thing. And they've legislated against religious symbols uh, for government employees, which makes my life a little more difficult, but that's fine. Um, and I know that that, that happened. And I'm, you know, I'm aware that there are secularists out there, people who hate religion, who will do anything in their power to ensure that religious people don't have the same freedoms that non-religious people have, don't have the same people, people who believe don't have the same freedoms as people who don't believe. And there are plenty of people out there who support this kind of this kind of racism. I'll use the term racism, although it's not really racism. It's more religionism. And uh, so I, I know there are people out there who support this. And I know there are people out there who love the fact that Jews, Muslims, and Sikhs can't wear can't wear their headgear when they're doing public service jobs. I know they love that fact. And I have never in my life taken off my yarmulke for anyone. I have never been afraid to wear it anywhere. And I've worn it right in the middle of Ramallah. And that didn't scare me. I wear my yarmulke as a personal affirmation for my relationship with God. It is my relationship with God that my yarmulke represents. Not yours, not anybody else's. My relationship with God. It's a personal thing. And because it is a personal relationship that I have with God, and my yarmulke represents that personal relationship, I, I don't really discuss that relationship with other people. I mean, in general terms, like now, I do. But specifically, what my relationship with God is, is between me and God. It's not between me, you, and God. It's not between me, the government, and God. It's not between me and whatever students are in my class and God. It's between me and God. 
And because I believe in a God, and because I wear a symbol, which is a personal item that reflects my belief in a God, I am limited from doing certain jobs in the province of Quebec in Canada. Now, I would think that the human rights people would be up in arms about this. I would think that the people who, who, who claim to be defenders of liberty and freedoms would be screaming about this. But they're not. The suburban newspaper, a paper I used to write for years and years ago, they usually take up these kind of causes, but in this case here, the editor of the newspaper, Beryl Weitzman, decided that he supports the law. So they didn't take up this cause. Now, why does he support the law? He wrote an op-ed piece saying that he supports the law because he feels that separation of church and state is very important. And I agree with him. Separation of church and state is very important. Which means that I should not be walking into an English class in any high school and preaching religion. That is the separation of church and state. The church should not be telling the government what to do. That is the separation of church and state. Telling me I can't wear my yarmulke while I'm doing my job is just an insult to my professional abilities. Telling me I can't wear a yarmulke while doing my job is just telling me that I am brainwashed by this, by this cabal, this religious cabal. And that stops me from being objective when I'm teaching. It's a hooey. It's full of bunk. And it's insulting to my religious integrity. My religious, my professional integrity, not my religious integrity. It's insulting to my professional integrity. It's insulting to my intelligence. What the government is essentially telling me is that if I have this piece of cloth, this piece of cloth right here, this one here, you see it right here. If I have this piece of cloth... On my head, I cannot be objective. But if I take that piece of cloth off my head, then I can be objective. This is what the government's telling me. Government's telling me that this piece of cloth somehow changes the way my brain works. Somehow changes the way I think and the way I behave. That without this piece of cloth, I would become, I would become the most secular person in the world. That with this piece of cloth... I am a religious zealot. This is what the government has told me. When they pass this law, this is what they have said. It's scary. It's stupid. And the fact that nobody at all is putting up a huge fuss about this, that nobody cares, is even scarier than the fact that the law passed. I'm Howie Silberger. Well, you know what these kind of laws lead to? It's unfortunate, but these kind of laws do lead to a fascism, to an oppression that we never even want to think about. Howie Silberger's The Howie Silberger Show. Take a little break. When we come back, the show continues right here on the True Talk Radio Network.
Circling his name 
show on the True Talk Radio Network. Call 1-877-669-1292. My name is Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Thank you so much for being part of the show with me, I appreciate you being here. Uh, we're going to uh, we're going to wrap it up right now, and um, we'll be back at midnight for Political Hitman. So join me at midnight for Political Hitman right here on the True Talk Radio Network. We're going to wrap this up right now, and uh, we'll see you again in just a couple of hours, right here on TrueTalkRadio.com, the only place to be. 
Holder. I'm just one of the talkers here on TrueTalkRadio.com, the only place to be.